Hallelujah. Well, it is wonderful to have you with us. Welcome if you're visiting for the first time. Give me a wave if you're visiting for the first time at Glory City. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are so welcome here. It's lovely to have you with us. And I, I pray that you have a really beautiful Christmas time. Now, I know for many of you, there's people here who've moved to Brisbane, uh, who don't have any family in town. And so we want to say we love you. Welcome. Merry Christmas. I pray that you uh, enjoy being together with your church family and with people around you as we get the opportunity to share the love of God. We're babysitting at the moment. Tom's up the back with my grandson. Hallelujah. And uh, doing a good job. I'm trusting. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, he is very good. Papa. I'm a mumbo and he's a papa, which is, which is lovely. Well, we can, I just want to share with you briefly today um, what's been rolling around in my head as I've been thinking about the Christmas story. I just love this time of year. I love that we get to stop as a nation to remember the birth of Jesus Christ. This one who changed the world more than anyone who has ever walked the earth. We get to celebrate the birth of the Saviour. So Father, today I just pray as we come around your word, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, Lord, that you'd bring life and hope and that you would speak, Lord, to us and make real to us the truth of what you have done. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Well, we read the story of this young woman, Mary, probably maybe 14 years old. And we're going to pick it up in the Gospel of Luke. You can read the Christmas story in the Gospel of Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke. And they have different um, parts of the story that you can read in those two different accounts. But as we read here, we're going to start in chapter 1. Um, and verse 26, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, I think you would be. What a shock, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you've had found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relatives, also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. 
So Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We read this story about the angel coming, announcing to Mary, you are going to give birth to the Messiah, the promised Messiah, the Son of God. And and she says, how? Like, I'm still a virgin. I'm not even married yet. She was engaged, but she was not yet married. She was a virgin. And God said with man, Things, this is impossible. With, with God, all things are possible. And so by faith, she said, be it unto me according to your word. And supernaturally, she conceived by the Holy Spirit, the Messiah. Now, I think about this and you imagine, imagine the shame, imagine the gossip about this unwed woman becoming pregnant. In fact, when her betrothed found out about it, he was considering divorcing her quietly rather than publicly shaming her, which would have been the norm. And the the Lord spoke to him in a dream and said, don't be concerned, this is from me. She has conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is sovereign. She is carrying the Son of God. And the whole thing is so remarkable. The moment Mary recognises what's happened, she, she gets up and she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And, you know, as we believers receive now Jesus who came into the world, gave his life for the sins of the whole world, rose again, those who receive him, we are also carrying Christ and she, she rushed off to, to find Elizabeth, who was also carrying the promise of God. John the Baptist conceived naturally, but supernaturally, because it was impossible in the natural. And as soon as Elizabeth saw her, the baby leapt in Elizabeth's room. And she began to declare, wow, the mother of my Lord's come to see me. Blessed is she who has believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary begins to rejoice. Oh, he who has called me is faithful, the magnificent God. And we read this, the song of Mary. And I think about this and I think, you know, throughout her pregnancy, while she's got the whispers and the, the social... Um, talk that must have been going on around her, battling the shame and the things that would be going on. On the inside, every day, Mary is starting to recognise, I actually am pregnant. And whether anybody else knows it or not, I know I'm a virgin and I'm pregnant. This is supernatural. The Messiah is in me. This is amazing. And this joy, this knowledge that she was carrying something supernatural was able to sustain her through all the shame, through all the gossip, through all the negativity. I I think about when she, she and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem while she's heavily pregnant. And the night that she's to give birth, they still can't even find somewhere to stay. I've had three kids, and I tell you, when you start to get close to wanting to have your baby, there's this thing called nesting, 
where it's a real thing. Guys, it's a real thing. And where it's like, suddenly the curtains, I need new curtains. I have to have new curtains. Like, I remember when I was pregnant with Jessica and the week of, that I was supposed to give birth, it's like, I couldn't think about anything. I've got to get new curtains. I've got to get, we've got to get the place right. We've got to have the bassinet. We've got to, da, da, da. As if the baby would notice, but like, oh, it becomes so important, this nesting thing. And yet Mary, who would have experienced normal nesting things, wanting to get things ready for the baby, doesn't even have a place to stay. And they end up underneath someone's house with the animals. They weren't even couch surfing. There wasn't even a couch. Like, like talk about difficult circumstances. Yet she knew, I am carrying the Messiah. I have something supernatural on the inside. And you know, when we recognize that as believers, something supernatural has happened on the inside. There is a joy that will sustain you through any situation that you might face. A joy that is bigger than whatever is on the outside. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. This knowledge, I've got something on the inside. Hallelujah. It's not just a Christmas belly. I have Christ on the inside of me. He's living on the inside of me. Hallelujah. And Christ in me is the hope of the world. Christ in me wants to touch and change the world around us. Hallelujah. And as I grow in the knowledge of Him, as I become more and more aware of Christ dwelling in my heart through faith, having received him by faith, as I grow in the knowledge of him living in me and others begin to notice Christ living in my heart, the more my family notice, wow, she's so full of kindness, so full of love. Wow, when everybody else is stressing out, she's full of peace. The more that they can see him in me, the more my joy grows. And I want to sing a song to the Lord. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And you are carrying something that is supernatural. When you're facing people who want to be negative and nasty and unpleasant, you can remember, I have something that is so supernatural that's on the inside that it doesn't matter what the outside circumstances look like. I have the most wonderful treasure living on the inside of me. That is Christ, the hope of glory. Out of my belly will flow rivers of living water and everywhere the river goes will live. I have within me the waters of life that can bring refreshing and light and hope and joy and peace who can leap out through my eyes and love people. This is happier than you're reacting. Hallelujah. I love it and I, I read this story and I think about these things. And then we read the birth of Jesus. It's beautiful. And as she wraps the baby and swaddles him up, we still swaddle our babies today. Uh, they may be in different things, but just swaddle them up so they're a little bundle. Hallelujah. There he is swaddled up and laid in a feeding trough because 
that was the best that they could do for a bassinet. There it, we read in verse 8 of chapter 2, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. While shepherds watched their flocks by night, all seated on the ground, the angel of the Lord came down and glory shone around. Who, know, who knows this Christmas carol? All right, a few of you need to help me. Fear not, said he, for mighty dread had seized their troubled minds. Glad tidings of great joy I bring to you and all mankind. It's basically just scripture and song, only from the 1500s. Hallelujah. This is, that's the scripture. There were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Anyone see the storm last night? 11.30 at night, there was a whopper of a storm. And I had the curtains open, and I was watching this. I love watching storms. And pitch black outside. We live on some acreage, and we've got some cows out the back. Pitch black Every time there's a flash of lightning, I can see the cows and the grass. It like gets lit up momentarily like daylight. Bah! Flashes. Wow. And it's spectacular. Eerie sort of white light that comes that you can see the whole grass and everything. Anybody else watch the storm? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, that, you, that sort of fills us with awe, doesn't it? Like, whoa. We all stop and watch the lightning. But this, can you imagine suddenly they're in pitch darkness. There is no electricity. They're out really in the dark. And suddenly there is so much light. It's not a flash of lightning. It, it's light that is so bright all around them. I mean, technically, I'm sure they could then see the sheep, but they wouldn't have been looking at the sheep. They're looking at this supernatural being standing in front of them. And the King James says, they were so afraid. Can you imagine? <laughs> what is going on? The glory shone all around them. This angel comes. And let's read what it says. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. And me and I were thinking, talking about this, saying, I wonder how angels feel. All the time, people get afraid, but they turn up and they've got this wonderful news, and people get terrified. Anyway, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This announcement made 
to the lowliest of those in society, out doing the night shift on the hills, out in the paddocks, with the sheep in the dark, are the first ones to hear the announcement. Oh, I love God. I love God. I want everyone everywhere to know this good news. And his heart was, hey, I have phenomenal news. It is the most wonderful news. Peace on earth, goodwill to all men, to, to all men everywhere. And this wasn't just to the Jewish people. He is a Jewish Messiah who came, but he came to bring good news, goodwill to all men. That's everyone everywhere. And he said, peace on earth, goodwill. As you look at these words, peace. It means to reconcile, to join, to make at one with. The great good news is that Jesus Christ came so that we could be included in him, that we could be made one with him, that we would be reconciled back to God. You know, when Christ died, the temple veil that that kept the Holy of Holies from from the ordinary people being able to go in, was broken in two. It was split in two because the good news is Jesus came to make the way for us to be able to stand boldly before him, to be joined to him, to be made at one with him. Hallelujah. To be included. That we, we don't have to be the special people, the pretty people, the in people, the popular crowd. I remember at school we had all the little cliques and the little circles. You'd all sit in different little groups and then there was the smart people and the popular people and then there was the people that everybody, they let you in because nobody else did. That was, that was my group. I, I was in that group. But God says, I have good news for you. I didn't come to make cliques. I came so that everywhere, everyone everywhere could be included. Everyone could could have this great good news, could have the opportunity to have Christ come and dwell in their hearts through faith, to make them new and different, to give them a new life, to set them free from sin and death and bring them into a new life where they could become new creations in Christ. God who is holy cannot be joined to anything that is unholy and yet no one can live up to the standard of holiness. The law that was given to the Jewish people proved that nobody, nobody was able to be holy, completely holy. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And even one sin separates us from God because he is pure. So God himself came, he came because he so loved us, because of his great kindness toward us, came so that you and I could be gathered to him, could be joined to him. And he did it by taking on the sin of the whole world, dying for us, suffering, being punished in our place so that you and I could receive by faith, the gift 
of holiness, of righteousness, of eternal life. Just like that. It's amazing news. Not something anybody can earn. But by grace, through faith, we humble ourselves, acknowledge, I have sin in my life. I need a saviour. Have mercy on me. And here he is, the saviour of the world. He says, come, all who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. I'll give you rest, which is part of this word peace. Rest, which is this, I'm safe. I belong. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about eternity, whether I'm going to make it or not. I can have rest knowing I can have rest knowing that I have eternal life with Christ. That the moment I step out of this earthly life, I step into the glory of his presence, eternal life forever, because Jesus Christ became sin for me so that I could become the righteousness of God in Christ. Wow. By grace we have been saved through faith. And that not of ourselves, it's a gift from God. So I pray for my family and friends who don't yet know him as the one who sets them free, who came to save them. I pray that God would give them saving faith, the faith to believe in this great good news and receive Christ as the saviour of the world, the one who saves them who came to forgive them for their sins, to take him into their life. And, you know, when you take him into your life, when you, by faith, say, yes, Lord, I believe, I receive Jesus as my saviour, he will come and he will live on the inside. And the more you look to him, the more you read the word of God, the more you talk to him, the more his love in your heart will grow and grow and grow and people on the outside will begin to notice a change. Something you can't hide anymore because Christ is living in you. Christ in you is manifesting. Hallelujah. Until you come to the place where everybody knows that you are a follower of Jesus because of the love that you have in your heart, because of the peace, because of the joy. Hallelujah. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. It's a supernatural love that can love even your enemies, that can love people that hate you, that can love people who don't agree with you, that criticize you, that can have mercy and love and joy and peace because it's not coming from your own strength. It's coming from the fact I've got somebody supernatural living on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Goodwill on earth to men. Goodwill is great kindness. A desire for your good. But so often when we think about God, we think about perhaps someone that's a bit annoyed, a bit frustrated, that, that looks at us and goes, oh, wow, I have to love them because I'm God. But actually the truth about the Lord is that his desire towards you is good. He says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That when he looks at you, he loves you. When he looked at the rich young ruler 
who is trying to impress the Lord with all the things that he could do, Jesus pointed out, hey, look, if you want to go that route, I can show you that you won't be able to do it. That isn't the way to salvation. What you can give me, what you can do is not the way to salvation. But there's a verse in there that says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Because what he wanted to communicate to that man was, I, I don't love you for what you can do or give up or I don't love you for what you can achieve. I love you because I love you. And when you recognize that, you can humble yourself and receive what you can have no part in earning. The mercy of Jesus Christ. The reconciliation, the peace of God that reconciles me back to the Father so that I am in the innest of in crowds. I am so in. I am in him. And he is in me. And it doesn't matter what anybody might say or do or what circumstances might happen or whether you've got a place to live or not a place to live. It doesn't matter because I am the in, in, in. I am in him and he is in me. And that what is living in me is greater than anything that's going on in the world around me. I am in him and he is in me. My beloved is mine and I am him. Christ came into the world to save sinners. And he came and he saved my life. And I opened my heart and said, Jesus, help. I want to know you. Come and be my Lord. Make yourself real to me. And he did. And he does. And he continues to. Hallelujah. He is greater than my thoughts thinking he is greater than my feelings. He puts in me a faith that even when my head starts to give me trouble with, with thoughts and doubts and worries, there's something that's on the inside of me that I can say, hey, but there is something supernatural that I can't explain that won't let go. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. So they went and they saw this baby born in a manger. Later, kings came, wise men came from the east. They came and they brought him treasures. They came to honour him. And it's just such a beautiful picture. From the lowliest to the greatest, he looks at us and, and says, I love you. I came for you. I came for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are, what your circumstances. He looks at you and loves you. He'll look at you and love you while there is breath in your body, longing for you to recognize that he is not looking for you to, to live up to holy standards in order to be accepted, but he is looking at you to let you know I love you. And if you will let his love melt your heart to the point that you, can't, you receive him as the one who saves you from your sin, him in you will start to produce the fruit of holiness. Holiness will start to develop and pop out 
like a tree that produces fruit because what's on the inside will start to manifest on the outside. I don't have to try and make it happen. All I have to do is keep thinking about Christ dwelling in my heart through faith. To be asking, Holy Spirit, give me strength to comprehend this love that passes knowledge. I want to be continually filled to overflowing with all the fullness of your love. Help me understand. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Teach me. Show me. And he will. He says, I am your ever-present help in time of need. His goodwill toward us doesn't change when we open our hearts and receive him as saviour. His goodwill continues every day of your life. When you're having a good day or a bad day, whether you've done well or done terribly, he's still there looking at you and loving you. With a love that's so uncomfortable, you need supernatural power to be able to receive it. It's embarrassingly beautiful. And he wants to overcome every issue in your life, every wall. His love, if you will humble yourself and receive it, will so empower you that nothing in the world around you can separate you, can keep you from walking in this supernatural joy that will make your heart sing despite whatever you might be facing. So, Father, we say thank you for your word. Father, we say thank you for the gift of Jesus.